In this episode, we're going to be talking about breaking the family cycle, the years and decades of toxic abuse from surviving from toxic parents. My next guest is, you know, not only a victim, but also a therapist and a coach who's going to go over all the things um, on how to survive, you know, toxic parents um, and how the cycle continues. She's going to be talking all the way from Poland, and I am so excited to have her. You know, a lot of you guys have been reaching out, you know, some of you, you know, um, still talk to your parents uh, or loved ones um, from a distance, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's not easy. Many of you have shut them off, cut them off completely from your lives. This is definitely an episode you don't want to miss. I know a lot of you have uh, mentioned that, you know, you do live with your family and because they take care of you and it looks all great from the outside looking in, it's a totally different shit show and um, nobody else knows about it. Now, I'm definitely doing this episode for so many people out there. You don't have to, you know, keep this a secret, walk on eggshells anymore, you know, deal with the gaslighting and all the lies and manipulation, the narcissist abuse. Um, it's It takes attacks on our souls. I'm telling you. You can recover and break the family cycle. Um, again, this is not uh, medical advice whatsoever. Definitely see a qualified physician or therapist if you're going through any type of mental health issues. But we are going to be talking, taking a deep dive in this uh, episode. So you definitely, if you've been through any type of family abuse, you want to stay tuned. Let's go ahead and get started. You're listening, You're listening to the On Empath Show. show. All right, guys, we are back for another episode of The On-Call Empath, and today I have a very interesting guest. I was going online, and I came across Susanna Kuhl, and she is from all the way from Poland, and uh, we are going to tackle the subject today of toxic, dysfunctional families, abuse, all the manipulation that goes around. She's an expert coach, a therapist, and has an amazing Instagram page, Surviving Toxic Parents. Susanna, it's an honor to have you on my podcast all the way from Poland. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It's nice to be your guest and your guys' guests too. So thanks for inviting me here. Absolutely. You know, I've had so many episodes and, you know, I've been getting a lot of people you know, requesting to cover more of the family side of the abuse. Maybe we mm. can kind of shed light and you can kind of tell us your personal stories, especially the cultural norms. I know that at least in the U.S., it's I feel like it's a little different, especially for, you know, people from other cultures. So we're going to go all into that today. Mm-hmm. But I just want to kind of give you like just an introduction. I mean, you actually survived yourself and healed from toxic childhood. How did you get into all of this? Well, it basically happened by accident. I mean, me uh, gaining uh, the knowledge and uh, introspection came by accident, but yeah, I was born into a toxic family. Uh, I was raised by a narcissistic mother. She raised me on her own. My father was basically absent. Uh, he mm-hmm. wasn't, uh, he, he was living in a different country, so he wasn't uh, really there. In the picture. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, and uh, up until I was 33, 
I thought that my childhood and my life was basically regular. There was nothing special about it. And then I remember I was sitting in the office and we were listening to the radio and there was an interview with the therapist and she was uh, talking about parentification, which is the case when the child feels responsible for the parent, not the other way around. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I realized that this was my case and I started Googling Mm -hmm. and, you know, figuring out uh, stuff around that. And I realized that my childhood was a mess and I I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a normal thing because this is what kids do. Kids think like whatever happens in, in the, in the household, in at home, they -hmm. think that whatever happens, even if it's like Mm -hmm. hardcore abuse, they think it's normal because it comes from parents and parents love them. Right. So it needs to be normal. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I was thinking also. And, um, yeah, so that's when I started realizing what was going on. And, um, of course I went, like I did a 180 degrees turn because I was, I always felt very, very loyal uh, to my mother and she was the Mm -hmm. most important person in my life, uh, always has been. And all of a sudden I, like, I, I realized what was going on. And uh, Mm -hmm. when she uh, noticed that I'm kind of withdrawing from our relationship, she started uh, being more and more controlling and more and more manipulative. So Mm -hmm. uh, we had a few very tough Mm -hmm. years uh, up to the point that I needed to cut her out of my life. Basically I blocked her on Mm -hmm. my phone and on everything I could. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you went non-contact, which, you know, a lot of trauma victims that that I've come across, they said that was the best thing they can ever do. I mean, you obviously went through a very, um, you know, traumatic childhood, and now you're kind of uh, helping other people and doing the same thing, you know, as coach, Mm -hmm. as a coach. Um, You know, one thing that I, uh, one myth I just want, you know, just to kind of debunk is, I mean, because I've, I've talked to so many therapists and doctors and it just, at least in the U S I feel that if your parents are paying for you and they have the best intentions, they celebrate your birthday, you know, they give you everything growing up. However, that kind of negates all the abuse as you, you know, get into your adolescence, into your adulthood. What is your take on that? And, and cause some people are like, well, they wouldn't have done that if, if, they didn't love you. They paid for your schooling, you know, blah, blah, blah. But every day, you know, you're walking on eggshells, tiptoeing, you're getting, you know, abuse, um, you know, you're getting lied to, manipulated, you know, all these things. That's okay. But like when it comes down to the whole picture, why is there such a disconnect, at least here? Mm, well, it's it's similar uh, in Poland actually, and in other uh, parts of the world. I get many messages from India where it's it's yeah. even more hardcore. And uh, you know, the thing is that uh, all of the people deserve respect. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm talking about adulthood. And when you, when we are uh, looking at the toxic family, uh, the respect should start from the very beginning of mm-hmm. the child's life. Uh, yeah. the, the, basically the whole child's life psychology, uh, you know, the quality of life in later life, it all depends on the childhood, whether uh, the child received unconditional love, 
acceptance, mm. respect, uh, feeling of safety. And then as uh, the child uh, grows older, mm. uh, uh, freedom, freedom and independence. This is, these are the needs, the core needs of the child. Yeah. So, uh, well, paying for food and shelter and clothing is not enough, really. So uh, yeah. if you are not respect respected by your parents, if you are being manipulated, uh, if you are being drawn into the toxic family and mm -hmm. uh, controlled over, uh, it's, it's really, for me, it's crucial to mm -hmm. seriously start uh, looking at it from a different mm -hmm. perspective and realize that... Uh, as a as a child is conditioned, we are looking at our parents as mm -hmm. gods, and whatever they do is yeah. right. But sometimes it really isn't. It's it's opposite of right. Yeah. So mm, yeah. it's good to be aware. So that is very interesting. You say that. I mean, I'm Indian myself, mm -hmm. and I've had many uh, friends uh, from you know the same culture. Yeah. Many have committed suicide. I've mm -hmm. known them. I've grew up with them in my neighborhood, and. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had a close friend who just, you know, his par his parents were forcing him to go to the, like a medical school and he didn't get proper grades and mm -hmm. uh, they came home. And the thing that really bothers me is that till this day, the parents don't blame themselves. Yeah. They're in denial. But I know the truth. I know that he was hurting every day. He was telling me in high school, you know, like the parents are threatening him to, you know, push, pull him back to India. And if he doesn't uh, get these grades and get into the best colleges. Now, I'm not generalizing for, you know, everybody in, in our culture, but I am saying, at least for the women, you know, getting married is the top number one priority. Mm. Uh, for men, you know, doctor, lawyer, uh, getting good grades. And it's it's good that they push their kids. But then <clears throat> when you get to a point where, you know, you're putting so much stress, it also leads to, you know, something drastic as far as taking your own life. Yeah. And so that's that's what, you know, at least in the U.S., like, you know, that's what I've noticed. And then also I want to just throw out there like, if the parents are being, you know, manipulative, all their friends, all their community friends, like, for instance, when I grew up, not a single person, not one person stood up. My friends, you know, people that I'm very close with. And, you know, I was just a kid, but like nobody would speak up because it was just taboo. It was secretive. And how dare you would blame your parents. They're not the ones in fault. You are, you know, you have to be a better you know, child, you have to, you know, listen to them. So that's, that's why things kind of get out of hand. So, but I just wanted to start on and ask you, you know, mm. let's, let's just, you know, let's have an open conversation about toxic dysfunctional home. What does that look like? Mm. It's, it can be very different. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it can start with the physical and the mental abuse uh, it can be sexual abuse, but it can also be overprotective parents. Uh, controlling parents, you know, so uh, different different uh, types of behaviors that uh, basically um, make parents control their child, their their children. Because the thing is that the toxicity runs through generations. So toxic parents yes. are toxic because their parents were toxic, and toxicity sure. that runs in families is uh, deeply associ associated with uh, very low self-esteem. So 
if your parents have low self-esteem, so the child is a perfect victim to, you know, to manipulate, to make them feel guilty uh, no matter what they do so the parent can feel better about themselves. So whatever they do uh, in order to feel better uh, about themselves on the, uh, you know, on behalf of their kids is toxic. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of give you like a scenario here, if mm-hmm. let's say I'm a parent and I'm, and I'm telling you, Hey, you know, I, I basically take care of my child and they're over 18. I'm letting them, mm-hmm. you know, um, stay with me just for time being, cause they're not married and they're working. I'm, you know, basically, you know, I've provided for them pretty much all their lives, but I've never hit them. I've, I've always provided food. There was no physical abuse. However, I put them down a lot. I, mm. you know, make them feel guilty. Uh, I played mind games, you know, basically lie about certain things just because that's what a narcissist parents mm-hmm. kind of do. But like, is that considered really abuse? I mean, from a therapist standpoint, if, if you're not physically threatened and someone's not physically hitting you, is that considered, you know, like verbal abuse? Is, can that be equally the same like as far as I think it's personally like more detrimental but I'm just curious from a therapist standpoint what do you think of course it is it is an abuse it is an abuse and uh, actually today I had a live uh, uh, episode on my Instagram account with the girl who is a family lawyer and uh, even in Poland which is like pretty you know, Catholic-centered uh, and family-centered country, uh, you can get up to 12 years in prison for uh, you, for abusing your child, and it doesn't need to be physical. So it is it is an abuse, and uh, as you as you said, and I uh, I agree with you that it uh, it um, often can be even you know more damaging for the child than the physical abuse because it's less obvious it's like you know you put on white gloves and you pretend mm-hmm. that nothing is happening but the child is suffering mm-hmm. a lot so yeah yeah and the the thing that people i mean therapists out there um doctors they don't know what goes on behind closed doors. They're mm. not there with the child when they're being shunned or abused verbally or put down. What all they see is like a you know somebody coming in and saying you know my parents are doing this and they're doing that, mm. but they provide everything like food, shelter, and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's just really sad because a lot of people that I've talked to, especially um, guests on this podcast and listeners, they say that sometimes like. When, you know, many people, like when they grow up, you know, they have problems dealing with intimate relationships, marriage, mm. um, employers, you know, staying uh, employed and finding the right career because a lot of them are miserable because they were forced into being a doctor or a lawyer where they're constantly overworked and they don't like what they do, but they're doing it because of their family. And it, mm. it looks makes their legacy look good. And that's what I think you mentioned with the pattern. It keeps going from generation to generation. So I wanted to switch gears here real quick and give you a chance to, you know, share your story. I know that you had some difficulty experience in adult life. Can you just tell us a little bit about your toxic uh, childhood to the Mm. audience? 
Yeah. Well, um, my mother was really controlling and she was, she wasn't, is a narcissistic mother. Uh, so everything was focused, uh, around her and, uh, well, basically I needed to be just like she wanted me to be. I needed to be a good girl with good grades. Uh, I couldn't uh, speak my feelings and emotions. And after a few years, she got involved with a man who was pretty toxic too of course mm -hmm. so it was a nightmare to stay in that house so I was lucky to be able to move out when I was 21 or 22 and it was really a blessing mm -hmm. but um, yeah uh, as soon as I started realizing that uh, my childhood was toxic and I start I started to, to set boundaries she of course didn't like that because she wasn't used to that she was used to mm -hmm. uh, be controlling over me and uh, yes. I was always obeying uh, and all of a sudden I started setting mm -hmm. boundaries and I demanded her respect uh, mm -hmm. uh, of my choices and uh, mm -hmm. it was like even you know like she everything had to be like she wanted it to be even my hair like seriously every single yes. details mm -hmm. of myself needed to be designed by her so um yeah and so when i told her that listen either you respect me or i just cut you off uh, when yeah. she didn't so i cut her off and after a few months yeah. she basically came to my office and um, unannounced of course and said that well she can't imagine uh, her life without me i'm the only child and she already mm. got divorced with the guy so she basically she's all alone yeah. Uh, so it was either uh, she starts respecting me or mm. we're done and there is nothing between us. So, yeah, mm. she, so she figured that it will be, of course, because she's still narcissistic. So it was a, this, this type of decision that, oh, I just mm. need her in my life. So I will uh, mm. obey her rules, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, it's been going on for the last uh, three years, I think, already that she's been really <laughs> changing and she's been in the process of really, you know, looking at herself and her behavior. And uh, it's been, I, I don't know, but I think two or three or four months ago, the first time in my life, I felt that I really have a mother, that I really have mm. support, you know, so it's been worth it. And I'm grateful <laughs> you know, to her for whatever happened in mm -hmm. my childhood even, because if, if that didn't mm -hmm. happen, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So, yeah, uh, because this is, this is also the reason that I overcame this and uh, it's possible. Mm -hmm. And even if your parent uh, doesn't decide to change, because this is 97% of the cases, the parents mm -hmm. don't see their fault at all. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I think I was pretty lucky to to regain yeah. this this relationship, but even even if the parents don't cooperate, so to speak, yeah. uh, still I think it's your duty to first of all save yourself, cut the toxicity out of your life, and second of all uh, just start living your life because mm -hmm. as you said, there are many many uh outcomes that come with the toxic uh, childhood yeah and that's that's one thing i do want to point out that you said like i mean I, in your favor like at least your mom it seemed like in this lifetime she figured out okay if i don't change yeah. i'm going to lose my daughter yeah. but unfortunately for many other families uh, especially the people that i've uh you know talked to a lot of listeners 
the parents they play that role and they they do whatever they can to get that uh you know their son or daughter or whoever back into their toxic uh environment and they'll mm-hmm. act nice for like a couple months and then boom all of a sudden you're back in that same pattern because they don't feel that they did anything wrong they think that you know they're they're more than fair that you're being on you know um you're the one that's causing all of this problem so there's something called gaslighting which mm-hmm. they're notorious of with narcissists obviously they they need supply and so if they can't get it from one child they'll get it from someone else um you know someone else in the family yeah. so it gets pretty messy and and so like i also noticed that you said boundaries and and at least in in my experience boundaries is considered disrespect mm-hmm. it's considered um something that's threatening and dis- and something that parents don't allow um especially when you're growing up if you even say hey you know i've decided that you know i don't want to partake in this family function or that you can actually get punished for that and so what happens is even when you grow up it doesn't matter if you're 30 40 50 years old that still mentality it goes with you at jobs at relationships because it's not so easy just to set boundaries because you're getting you know some help from someone saying well you have to, you have to stop people pleasing you got to set these boundaries mm-hmm. but i feel like it's more wired into us from childhood that you know making that boundary it it does something to our nervous system we we shut down a lot of people fawn a lot of people just shut down and they don't say anything so I guess I'd like to ask you, like, I mean, I know you've helped so many people and this is what you have a passion for, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, what is one thing that I think across the board that you noticed, I mean, from all the people that you've helped and talked to and all your podcasts, what is one tip that, that you can share with the listeners that are listening today? Well, first of all, first of all, realize that you were a victim of your parents if your parents are toxic. Because, uh, as I said before, when we are kids, we think that whatever parents do is good, is is just right. That that's how people do things, and that's how people uh, create relationships and families. But uh, in toxic families, it's it's wrong. Like uh, I, I can recommend, and I think everybody should read the book by Susan Forward. It's called Toxic Parents, and this mm, this yes. is the book. Yeah, this is the book that uh, describes uh, really thoroughly uh, the patterns of toxic families. What are the toxic behaviors? What should be the the proper good, uh, loving example of, uh, you know, building relationships within families between parents and children. So first of all, realize what was going on in your family. Like, look at it um, from a perspective of a grown-up adult person uh, and realize what was going on. Look at the facts. Look at what your parents were saying to you, what they were doing, if there was a physical, sexual or any other mm-hmm. type of abuse. Was it neglect or uh, overprotectiveness? Uh, it's it's the same, like trauma is trauma. Abuse is abuse. Yeah. So this is the first step to realize that this, this was wrong and you were the victim. You were the victim yes. of your parents. Yeah, and I think one thing that comes to my mind is the word shame. Because I feel like 
especially at least in, in, in the Indian culture. And it's coming out more. I think I've talked to so many people from India and, uh, you know, other cultures, Middle Eastern. I have a lot of friends that are Middle Eastern and they say that, you know, with the family, they try to put this persona, like everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Like they have a nice house, they have a lot of money, they have cars, but behind those closed doors, I mean, it is, it is like hell for these, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of children. Um, and that, you know, people that grow up, you know, they, you know, they're maybe married and they have like their own family, but those memories are, are still locked in their heads and it affects them, you know, through their work, you know, and basically, you know, feeling to the point that their, their self-worth is still, you know, not there. Sometimes Mm -hmm. maybe the spouse will treat them exactly how maybe their parents did. So they're like used to it. Um, I know, you know, from personal experience that uh, a lot of people that do get married, like especially arranged marriages, which Mm -hmm. is another podcast in itself, it's always like a one-way street where there's always one person that controls the money and they look down upon, you know, one person and they have to please that person Mm -hmm. at all costs. There is no such thing as divorce. If they beat you or they put you down, you still have to honor your, your spouse. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's changing. I'm I'm not saying that that's what it is today, but, um, from a lot of people that, that I've come across, some people do feel trapped in marriages and it started long, long time ago, Mm -hmm. generations. We're talking a hundred years where this has been going on, where the mentality hasn't changed. And you've mentioned it, you know, the, the, the pattern never stops. And so, I wanted to ask you, like, how do we break the patterns? Like, let's say somebody's listening right now and they're mm. just like, hey, I'm going to stop it with my generation right now. What What do they need to do? Well, first of all, appreciate themselves because it's really beautiful to figure it out and uh, be mature and uh, wise enough to to start taking their life in their own hands because that's something that nobody did in their family generations and generations ago. So that's beautiful. And second of all, figure out what were the bad things that were happening in your family? What were the dysfunctions that uh, were put uh, up on you uh, by your parents? And then, you know, of course, I uh, recommend therapy because, uh, you know, when when you're uh, leaving the toxic childhood uh, behind, uh, well, first of all, it's really difficult to leave it behind. But uh, what it uh, leaves you with is really, really low self-esteem. And as you said, when you have a low self-esteem, you can, well, be a toxic uh, person yourself, of course. You can be a people pleaser. You can have difficulties uh, at your workplace, uh, entering mm-hmm. relationships uh, with, uh, you know, romantic relationships. Uh, you can have health problems. It's a really mm-hmm. uh, a big issue here. Yeah. So uh, a therapy um, always is helpful, I think, because mm-hmm. uh, you get support and understanding, openness and respect that you really need, that you have never experienced, for example. And then um, to me, the biggest uh, discovery was the inner child healing, actually, because when we are uh, one way or another neglected by our parents, this leaves a really big scar and a really big void inside of us. And uh, this is the void that should have been filled with love 
affection, mm -hmm. openness, acceptance, uh, the feeling of mm -hmm. safety, and it's not there. So if we don't have it as adult people, we are looking for it uh, in others. And we are mm -hmm. no longer children and other people can never give us what parents should have given us when we were kids. So uh, it's a vicious cycle because you, you are searching for it. Uh, you have low self-esteem, so uh, you settle for, for less. Uh, you enter toxic relationships because somebody showed a minimum minimal affection mm -hmm. towards you. Uh, and inner child healing uh, like feels and heals this void and uh, mm -hmm. actually you yourself heal yourself, which is a beautiful yeah. thing because you don't need anybody else. You just probably need a therapist yeah. to show it to you and yeah. then you can use it uh, mm -hmm. at all times whenever you need it. Yes. And that's a very good point because I mean, even personally myself, I mean, I would search for validations other places. Mm. Like if somebody showed me a little bit of, you know, attention, uh, whether, you know, just at a job or, you know, they're valuing me because of what I do and how much money I bring into the company mm. or just, you know, somebody that's uh, really nice to me. I flock to that person. I used to do that. And then I find out that there's a motive behind that. They want mm -hmm. you uh, to do something for them. And so it, it wasn't until later on that I became very picky and it's okay to be picky, especially if you've been through so much abuse and trauma. Um, if somebody does give you a little bit of attention, mm -hmm. question, question what the motive is because, and I'm not saying like be vigilant all the time, but as people, um, that have been, go you know, as those who have been abused by your family or loved ones, you know, we, we do naturally seek that attention somewhere mm. else. And so sometimes we, we work overtime and we try to work as many hours to try to get as much recognition or we buy things or we date people that we're not, that's not good for us that basically end up treating us like our parents. So there, these are all things that show up in different parts of our lives. And I think, that everything that you've mentioned so far, I mean, if we can step back and just understand that we can't change anybody else mm -hmm. except us, like yeah. the person, ourselves, and the present moment is all we have. What is your take on that? Yeah, of course, I agree with you. Uh, it's it's also crucial to realize that your parents won't, probably won't change. Uh, the only thing mm -hmm. you could do is to figure out what do you want? How do you want to be treated? How mm -hmm. uh, do you want to feel with in a relationship with your parents, for example? And really, I know it's difficult because you're not used to it, but start setting boundaries. Uh, you yeah. will see how, well... The first feeling you will get is a relief, is a, you know, the, the sense of freedom that I finally told them what I've always wanted to tell them, for example. Then the mm -hmm. second feeling will be, of course, fear and doubt and, oh, what have I done? Mm -hmm. This is my mother. But remember, you are right. You, it's not your mm -hmm. fault. You are the victim. You have a right to save yourself and mm -hmm. save your kids because if you if you don't break it, it will go down uh, your kids, their kids, and etc. So mm -hmm. uh, just do whatever you feel. Mm -hmm. uh, find support. You're not alone. Yeah. There is like, seriously, yeah. um, it's hard to find a person who who didn't experience some dysfunctions in, in childhood. So it's really a really common thing. So mm -hmm. Uh, find support so you know that you're not alone, that uh, there are people who are experiencing the same thing and they they survive it. Yeah. And and, and I just want to point out breaking the cycle. Mm. I mean, it's definitely not easy. 
you know, reach out to support groups, um, go on podcasts, speak out, go see a therapist, because after talking to you, it's clear that recovery is possible. You're sitting here yourself and uh, you've obviously, you know, you recovered and you're helping so many people. And I want to thank you so much Mm. for taking the time to be on this podcast. But before we take off, uh, I just want to ask you uh, one one scenario, like if you could go back, let's say in a time machine, and you can go back to that little girl, mm. what is one thing that you would tell her um, just to kind of make things a little bit not so horrific for you mm. or, or maybe, you know, give you a couple of pointers to your um, younger self? I would just say that you are loved, like you are perfect. It's not your fault. You are loved. That's that's all kids need to hear, actually. And yeah. If you're listening to us, just try to see yourself as a child and try to speak to this girl and this this boy and tell them, you are beautiful, I love you, you are loved, you are worthy, because you are. Uh, this whole dysfunction, this whole toxicity, it's not yours, it's your parents' thing, it's your parents' issue that they haven't addressed. So it's it's really, it's not yours, it's not who you are. Well, there you have it. Mm. And... I want to thank you again, and you're always welcome back. You have loads of great information on Instagram, mm. the work you've done. I saw a couple of your lives. You're very, very intuitive uh, about the subject. And before we take off, can you just tell us where our, my audience can find you? Yeah, of course. You can find me on suzannacool.com or uh, surviving.toxic.parents on Instagram. All right, guys. Thank you so much again for being on this podcast, Susanna. Um, I hope you have a great day in uh, in Poland. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for what you're doing. Oh, it's my pleasure. Mm. All right, guys, stay tuned. We have a lot more guests from around the world. And again, keep the reviews coming. It really helps me out to grow this uh, podcast. And we are getting very close to that 100th episode. I am so excited. And uh, with that said, just know you guys are never alone. With that said, we are out. Universal to the on-call and at.